This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Well, good morning, Canada. Zacchino and Scully with you for this edition of GTC. Bob, taking a sneak peek at Cabot St. Lucia this week. Uh, Adam and I, unfortunately, had to uh, say no to the sneak peek. Someone's got to run Golf Talk Canada, right? It's you and me this week, Scully. Exactly. And hopefully Bob is out there seeing what's going on, maybe getting some more sun. Because, Mark, as you know... Winter finally arrived here in the GTA. It took a little longer than uh, it generally does, but Friday it was cold. It seems like it's a little warmer outside. Now I haven't actually been outside yet. I've been preparing for the show all morning, obviously, but hopefully Bob's having a great time. And I know he'll have some interviews coming down the line from his time there that we'll be able to air on the show too. Yeah, I was really uh, interested and curious to see where they are in the process. I heard there was a bit of a delay in the construction process. Uh, so Bob will get an update on that. And you're off to LA next week for yeah. an Adidas uh, launch, global launch. So uh, I'm, ex- I'm, I wish I was going with you. I'm off to PGA Tour Live to work. Uh, funny enough, I'm going to St. Augustine to work LA to work the Genesis Invitational while you're headed to LA to do the global launch. So looking forward to to seeing that, but, but you're right. It feels right now like golf is a long ways away. I mean, if you look at the calendar, you know, we're not too far off Adam, but these temperatures, these conditions, I mean, and then watching the golf at Pebble, which we'll get into because we don't even have a winner, but some of those images from Pebble beach, I mean, it was impossible to feel warm in the last 48 hours. Well, was it ever? And you know, watching last night's coverage, when the final group was on the eighth fairway and it just started raining sideways and got cold for about five minutes and then five minutes later it was sunny it was wild how the temperatures can change at pebble beach and we were talking about this while we were away too in terms of the golf season here in the gta how it seems like in the last couple of years it's really morphed like it used to be uh right after the masters through to mid-october and now it's kind of you know, early May into early November now, which, you know, obviously has its pros and cons. I remember this past November, I wore shorts a couple of times in November. It's just, it's kind of weird how it's changed, but you know, get out to your simulator, keep stretching. We'll have some fitness segments coming up on this show for the next couple of weeks as well to keep you loose and limber for golf season coming up. Yeah, I could agree with you more, Skulls. I've been saying this for years. It's slid. Like the calendar, it's not that the golf season's gotten shorter. It's the same golf season we've always had. But when I was a kid, I remember playing golf occasionally in March. Yeah. I remember uh, St. Patrick's Day often starting the public golf season, and then you'd wait a couple weeks for the private clubs to open. Masters Week, to your point, was a really big week. And now it's like, man, the good, the real golf weather doesn't arrive till late May now, but it stays for so much longer. And the falls, like you could make an argument, September is now the best golf month we have because the temperatures are perfect. The superintendents, superintendents don't have to overwater, and it gets firm, it gets fast, and you know, obviously, we're talking a, a very much from a Southern Ontario perspective, but it also applies to. 
you know, Manitoba and, and Quebec, obviously our friends on the West coast, a little different out in Vancouver, Victoria on what their golf season looks like for obvious reasons. And for that matter, for our friends in Alberta, but uh, I'm with you. It's very different. We're going to get into Pebble. Obviously, we haven't handed out uh, a trophy yet at Pebble Beach. We're going to get into it today. Justin Rose has the lead because of weather. It's a Monday finish. They're going to get started in about an hour's time from now. Uh, of course, playing at Pebble Beach, three hours behind us here on the East Coast. Justin Rose is a two-shot lead over Denny McCarthy. Denny McCarthy well out ahead of Justin Rose. McCarthy went out early, shot 29 on the front nine, one shot away from the front nine record at Pebble Beach. I believe uh, Mr. Adam Scully had Denny McCarthy in his TSN edge picks this week. No, no I, I, I thought about I it. I thought one of us had him this week. No. <laughs> no, no. Okay, I kind of had Denny McCarthy it, yeah. In a, with the exception that he is not a rookie. With the exception that he is not a rookie on the PGA Tour. I kind of have Denny McCarthy in the same category as Taylor Montgomery, where it's like, this guy just seems to hang around and play well every week, and when's he going to win? It's just a matter of time, no, before he finds a W. Is it this week? I don't know. He is well ahead of Justin Rose. Justin Rose, interesting story there with equipment. We'll jump into this later in the show. Uh Justin Rose trying to win his first golf tournament since 2019. We'll see if he can get it done. We'll take a look at what the FanDuel odds say as well. He's a heavy, heavy favorite right now when it comes to betting favorite. We'll get into that. We kind of had a Canadian win this week. I say kind of because there's a pro-am at the AT&T Pebble Beach. And we'll get into that coming up. But first, let's hit some news and some headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger. Everybody knows one. All right, before we jump into the story that is Bryson DeChambeau, uh, Max Holm and Billy Horschel just committing to TGL. Of course, that's Tiger and Rory's league that's kicking off next year on Monday nights in prime time. That's the Indoor Stadium Electronic Golf League. We had other big names sign up over the last couple of weeks, including John Rahm. The line is being drawn in the sand. Adam, you are either one way or you are the other. If you align with Rory and Tiger, you've aligned with the PGA Tour as well. And, you know, purely from a content perspective, I just want to know what this is going to look like. You know, how are they're in a simulator? They're in a stadium. Is this going to look kind of gimmicky, perhaps? But, hey, you got a bunch of the top players in the world playing golf in a different way. It's more curiosity and intrigue for me. But I guess the more players that are going to show up, it'll create better fields for these Monday night events. So, in my opinion... And again, I I don't know a a lot more than anybody else knows here. But yes, it's a gimmick. Yes, it's gimmicky. Uh, It's golf against the the largest simulation screen you've ever seen. And then from my understanding, when they get to certain points in the competition, inside 100 yards or so, they will then look inwards to a green complex that sits in the center of this arena or stadium. That's what how I understand this. So is it gimmicky? Yes, 100%. So one would argue, well, Mark, you know, earlier last year you were saying you found Live Golf too gimmicky, that you don't like the team event, you don't like the 54 holes in the no cut, you find it gimmicky, gimmicky, gimmicky. Yes, I do. So what's the difference? For me, Adam, the difference is very clear. One is not trying to replace the PGA Tour. One is not trying to replace the number one tour in the world. It's simply 
this is a Monday night alternative, basically really going against Monday Night Football and Monday Night Raw, okay, where the other league, the Live Golf Series, is trying to be the number one series in the world. To me, that's a very different pitch to the golf consumer. Oh, totally. And, you know, this this is something that, and like you said, you know, Liv has gone out and done something totally radically different, but competing still against the top events in the world on the PGA Tour, against top events on the DP World Tour. I know that the hour time change can be different at, at times, depending on where the DP World Tour is playing and where Liv is playing. They often play overseas, obviously. So this is just something different. And from our perspective, something different is always generally something good because they're trying new things because people have said for years that sometimes a golf broadcast four consecutive days of six hours can get a little stale and that's why even things that we're seeing now with the walk and talk interviews with some of the players some of the new graphics going on the screen this is all good for the game so in my opinion anyway something different is good for the game and hopefully this tgl series represents that did you like the new graphic on the CBS broadcast this week where it projects at impact, it projects the landing point of the golf ball? It doesn't predict spin and final position, especially on a, obviously approach shots and par threes. Did you like it? I don't know. I, I, I was like, eh. Well, it's, it's interesting, Mark, because so that's got to be done through the track man. That's right there, correct? In terms of it, it You've got to the... assume that it's taking that data collected at track man level. Yeah. And then spinning it through another software program and giving you the, that graphic. Right. And the cool thing as well they had on the right side of the screen was showing the front, middle, and back to the the green itself and where the pin is located. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing this on more of the iconic holes, i.e. 12 at Augusta, if that is going to be the case. You know, how... How much depth does that green actually have? So, I mean, it's something innovative. It's something different. And, I mean, we saw you know, a bunch of those drone shots yesterday. I mean, we both played Pebble Beach. And having now played it, I watched the final about two hours of that coverage with my dad yesterday. And we, we played it together in, in September. And that was just amazing to see the beauty of Pebble Beach in itself. Do, do you buy it all? There, You know, golf Twitter is an interesting animal. Is it ever. Uh, and we're going to get into that in Winner's Weird and What, because there was some changes <laughs> made to an iconic uh, location in the world of golf this week, and, and Twitter blew up over it. But there were some people on social media suggesting that, listen, they appreciate technology, uh, in a golf broadcast that they've been asking CBS to kind of pick up their game a bit over the last few years. And to your point, the in, the in-tournament interviews, things of that nature, seem to be going over quite well. But in this particular case with the technology we're talking about, and if you missed it this week, let me just give you a quick recap in case you missed what Adam and I are talking about. Uh, new, new technology within the broadcast at the moment of impact projects where the landing point is going to be on the green in relation to the whole, in, in, in relation to the whole location. Some people were suggesting, Adam, it takes the drama out of the, of really what a golf broadcast kind of creates. Like the only real drama within the physical activity of hitting a golf shot is the moment in time where the ball has left the club is suspended in air and you are waiting to see where this thing's going to come down. Like that is the drama of a golf shot. Do you buy into the fact some people are saying, I don't want to know. I want to, I want to wait for it to unveil. It's like getting the ending to a movie before you've watched it. It's a spoiler. It's an interesting point. And you wonder now, you know, we remember, you know, a decade plus ago when the pro tracer was just becoming a thing. And now people, 
see a broadcast and if they don't see a pro tracer they don't know where the ball's going and it's really just a guessing game so you wonder if maybe this technology does eventually go down that path where we're just seeing where the ball is going to end up. I mean, we know the pro tracer has changed the the television broadcast game from a golf perspective, a hundred percent, because you want to know where it's going. You want to know if a player is playing a big swooping hook, you want to see the ball flight of that sort of thing. So I, I don't see that going as far as that will go, but it, it's, it's just something different. And, you know, let's see how, you know, will they try this for a year? Will they try this next week? We don't really know, but it's something different. And I think that's a good thing. I would like to see it like sampled on maybe a hole. Let's use it on a single hole in a broadcast each week. I think I'm with you. I like different. It changes things up. It makes it exciting. It gives the viewer a different perspective, but too much of one thing. Yeah. Is too much. So let's uh, let's start off with less is more. We'll see. I can't believe we're running out of time here already in news and headlines. We've got to get to Bryson. Cobra has left Bryson. Uh, this might be the first of many manufacturers to walk away from their live players. Those contracts for equipment manufacturers on a team TaylorMade, for example, and we've noticed Dustin Johnson's absence in team TaylorMade, um, is that you know, they're all based on, you know, viewership and eyeballs and moving the needle. And can you move the needle on live without a major media contract? Is that going to change with the CW deal? Who knows? But if you believe what you read, people are suggesting that this is the first of many manufacturers to once their deals are over with their live players, they just won't be renewed unless something drastically changes. Bryson also suggested he's done chasing distance, distance. He's feeling healthy. He's kept his weight down. He's thinner. And Adam, he doesn't believe that the golf club, the drivers, the manufacturers can sustain performance over 185 miles per hour with ball speed. And that's why he's done chasing 200 miles per hour ball speed. He just doesn't think it's doable. Listen, you've got crazy ball speed. I saw your eyes light up on the new Stealth 2 while we were away. You couldn't believe how stable that head head was. But ball speed, 177 miles an hour, 180 miles an hour, very different than 200 miles an hour what's BS with Bryson and what's legit? You know, like you wonder, you wonder if Bryson's just getting bored. I, I don't know in terms of just trying to rebuild his body like he did two, three years ago in COVID coming back, looking like the incredible bulk. He didn't recognize him really. It was on wins the U.S. Open in a fashion we've never seen before. And that obviously, you know, there are health implications when you try to put on 65 pounds in four months. It's just not good for you in terms of having seven protein shakes a day, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, out of curiosity, I, I'm, I want to see what he's doing now. Um, it, whether he's, you know, we haven't really spoken about him all too much because when he went over to live, some of the top players still played well, but Bryson didn't. He was awful. The biggest headline from Bryson playing on live was his in-depth battle toe-to-toe with a gallery rope it had nothing to do with him actually playing golf so for a guy who is still one of the most intriguing minds in in the world of golf in the world of sports i want to see him play well because it's better for the overall landscape of the game to have this unique character playing well he was also spotted using a tailor-made stealth to driver so you wonder where he's going with that i know he had a big um a lot into the Bridgestone golf ball that he was using too. I didn't see a picture if he's using a different ball as well, but Bryson slimmed down. I'm curious where he goes from here. Didn't play well in Saudi Arabia though. That's for sure. 
Well, we're going to pick this up in segment four because there's other things to get to. John Rahm had comments on the distance debate as well, and maybe that'll be our poll question for Wednesday. We'll bring that up in segment four because uh, John Rahm with some interesting comments there, and who knows, you know, some people agree with them, some people are going, eh, this is a little offside. Uh, also, the Netflix series, um, I got a sneak peek at episodes one and two. I, uh, Bob did as well. Did you get your link yet, Adam? Have you seen I have one not, or two yet? I have not gotten the link yet, no. I'm, uh, okay. I'm, I'm waiting. Well, you were able to, you spoke to the producer, and we're going to have that interview next week. And this is full swing, the Netflix documentary that, similar to the F1 kind of series they did for, uh, for, for Netflix. Mm-hmm. And yours truly, I didn't know this, we'll pick this up and say before, I'm in, I'm in episode one. Whoa. So I, I didn't know I was in this. A couple of colleagues of mine, my phone lit up and I'm like, hold on a second there. So we'll pick that up at, at, at the end of, of hour one. Uh, and we'll pick up John Rahm's comments and we'll talk a little bit of Netflix. But on the other side, a Canadian victory, kinda at Pebble Beach. We'll get into it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Pebble Beach suspended due to darkness. The weather was brutal on Sunday, and they had to delay the start. It was cold. It was windy. They've got, they got hail. They got torrential rain was kind of like visiting Ireland in February. If you don't like the weather, just wait 15 minutes because you're going to get a different season. Justin Rose is trying to get his first win since 2019. He has a two-shot lead. They're going to get started in just over 30 minutes' time, roughly, at the top of the hour, uh, 11 a.m. They'll get going our time. Uh, but Taylor Penrith already in the house, 71-69-71, final round, 64. Four. Now, Taylor Penrith, the Canadian betting favorite heading into this event, just over a former champion, Nick Taylor. Now, Nick Taylor also had a good outing. Taylor, 68-72, He continues his solid play. Nick Taylor, a tie for 21st. But Taylor Penrith had an opportunity to win this golf tournament, at least an outside shot to post the number. It's a bogey-free 64. A bit of a strange layup on the 18th hole. We'll get to that in a second. Let's first hear from Taylor and Amanda Renner from CBS. Post a 64 or better in the final round. Considering these conditions that you have been battling all day, all week, what are you most proud of when it comes to that score? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've, I would say I'm most proud of I hung in there today. Uh, obviously, the front nine, most of the holes were downwind, so I got off to a great start. Putter was super hot, uh, made some nice ones early, and um, kind of kept the momentum going on the back nine. There's some some holes that played really tough and I hit some really quality shots that were into the wind and um, managed to make the putts. You decided not to go full force off the tee on the 18th hole. Can you kind of talk us through the strategy? Because we've been wondering how this weather impacts your decision making throughout the day. Yeah, there's definitely a, a few <clears throat> reasons I didn't. Um, 
you know, I hit three iron off the tee this morning. Uh, it was cold and raining and um, also haven't really been driving it in my best. And it's a tough tee shot, um, no matter what circumstance you're in. And um, still could have made birdie with the three iron off the tee. Um, it's just a tight tee shot. It was dark, cold, windy. Um, so just hit three iron and, and tried to give myself a good look for birdie and um, hit it a little too far past the pin. But um, overall, I'm happy. You should be, especially because the rain's starting to come down. You're now done, and all you've got to do tomorrow is sit back and watch the leaderboard. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, you heard it there. He was uncomfortable. Maybe didn't trust the driver. Is that fair, Adam? Yeah, I mean, I, I understand that that way. But when you're when you haven't won on the PGA Tour before and you're playing very well you know you've made 127 feet of putts through 16 holes you're putting it really well I, I understand it from both ways you're 15th on the pga tour in driving distance averaging 312.7 yards per on average with a driver i would say i mean this is all hindsight of course but why not try to rip a driver down there if you make six like who cares i mean you've had enough finishes already you're probably still going to finish inside the top 10. if you make eagle you have a chance. He's, he's in the clubhouse at 12 under. Unless there's a hurricane this morning at Pebble Beach, he's not going to win. Justin Rose has 10 or nine holes to go, and he's three shots up on Taylor Pendrith. But even the layup shot was tough because where the pin was situated, too, it's right uh, ahead of the front bunker or beyond the front bunker. So even if you get in the bunker in two, it's a relatively easy up and down versus he had 304 yards for his second shot on 18, trying to get there, you know, lay up to a good wedge number. So I didn't love the play, but regardless, it is going to be at least another top 10 finish for Taylor Pendrith. Yeah, I didn't love the play either, but I guess at the end of the day, if you don't trust the driver and you're not comfortable, then you can't pull the trigger. But I'm with you. I, I would like them to maybe play more for the big win as opposed to just play for the bogey-free 64, mm -hmm. which is where it landed. And to your point, Adam, this morning at Pebble Beach, the forecast looks spectacular. If you tune into Pebble Beach this morning to see those final holes, you're going to see a, a very different-looking Pebble Beach. Now, I should mention this. It's freezing. We're talking about a... Uh, about seven degrees Celsius when they start this morning. However, winds are down and the sun is out. So very different looking Pebble Beach. Before we go to break, a weird two weeks for Ben Silverman. It's a lot of highs and some interesting lows. Ben Silverman, who almost gave away last week's Corn Ferry Tour event, ends up winning it uh, in a playoff. So congratulations to Ben. He then comes to Pebble Beach and just can't keep the momentum going. Shoots 73, 72, 71. He misses the cut at one over par. But alongside Aaron Rodgers, he wins the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Let's hear from Ben Silverman and Aaron Rodgers. This, this is amazing. It's always been on my bucket list to, to be here. I finally made the cut my last time I was here with Max. We're not thinking about winning this starting the week. Definitely not the way I'm playing, but it's just about the, the camaraderie, the friendship. And then after two rounds, I said, we might have a chance of this thing if I, you know, if I keep playing pretty good. And uh, we got it done today thanks to this guy. It's incredible. It, I literally went from Wednesday winning to arriving here on Sunday. I think I was still smiling, still excited. I actually, for the first time, had trouble sleeping because I was too excited. I couldn't <laughs> calm down my brain. So, you know, Aaron was kind of pulling me along the first half of this tournament as I was trying to get settled. And we brought it home in the end. And just hanging out with this guy, it's been amazing. Now, there you go. It's a lot of positives. And to his point, Adam, it's been a whirlwind from the win, the Wednesday finish on the Corn Ferry Tour. 
um, as is how they start their season down in the Caribbean, to coming to Pebble Beach, Aaron Rodgers, big stage, and uh, and there you go. Aaron Rodgers finally got some hardware <laughs> in February. It's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> there was a great tweet I saw that Aaron Rodgers now has the same amount of Super Bowls as AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am titles. Wink, Ooh. wink, nudge, nudge. But uh, what, before we go to break, a lot of talk about Aaron Rodgers' handicap. That this was mm. perhaps, you know, a bit of a sandbagging situation. Keith Mitchell was playing with Josh Allen, and they spoke about, eh, you know, maybe his handicap wasn't great. Now, Rodgers apparently didn't play any golf during the NFL regular season. Shot 86 at Sherwood on Monday. That was his first round of golf. So, I know we know handicaps can be a bit of a gray area, but hey, congrats to Aaron Rodgers. Congrats to Ben Silverman, a winner, kind of, again. I'm going to reserve a comment on this, Adam, because we only have 90 minutes left in today's show, and I need at least three hours to break down everything wrong with the world handicap system and everything (laughs) wrong with handicaps in general, and I just can't do it at the moment. On the other side, though, we will talk real championships, real golf, and a former U.S. Open champion trying to get a W for the first time since 2019, Justin Rose. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by TaylorMade, was brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Hey, welcome back to GTC. It is a Scully Zacchino edition of Golf Talk Canada. We got a bunch of moving parts over the next few weeks with all three of us on the road. I'm headed back to PJ Tour Live. Adam's going Hollywood on everybody. He's going to be in LA for a global Adidas launch that we're looking all forward to. Our partners at Adidas. We just got back from a partner trip with our friends at TaylorMade from the Kingdom. And Bob's and Cabot. Yeah, St. Lucia, not Cabot, uh, not Cabot, that'd Canada, because that'd be that'd be a cold trip right now out on yeah. the East Coast. But St. Lucia, and you know what I forgot to mention, Adam? I always feel like we're running out of time. Mm-hmm. Um, in my Florida journeys, because obviously I'm headed to Florida for quite some time between PGA Tour Live and PGA Tour Radio. Now that they're to the Florida swing, I'm just going from one event to the next, and I am going to sneak in a trip to Cabot Citrus, just a site, just a site location visit. Uh, I reached out to Cabot Citrus. Of course, uh, our friends at Cabot, uh, they purchased the Worldwoods property, which used to, uh, had two, two great Tom Fazio golf courses about, you know, about 35, 40 minutes north of Tampa. And they've done a, a monster renovation, like a complete renovate. It, this is not a touch up. This is exposing sand. Uh, redesign of the properties, building a short course, real estate development, resort. I mean, they're, they're spending the fortune uh, and they, you know, everything they do is five star across that level. So I'm going to take a sneak peek there as well and hopefully be able to report to you guys what's going on down there. As we know, a gazillion Canadians off to Florida in the winter. So this is uh, this is a pretty smart play for uh for our friends at cabot we'll be interested to seeing that the other thing we forgot to mention off the top today today's a huge this week the next couple of weeks is a huge huge week or month in the world of professional golf and professional sports because depending on who you read 
and who you listen to. The outcome of the hearings between the DP World Tour and the Live Golf Series could really shape the future of professional sports, not just golf, because as we know, uh, the public investment fund, the Saudi public investment fund, is, is not disrupting just golf or trying to purchase the landscape of golf. This is happening in other sports. This has ha- this has already happened in soccer, in uh, was it cricket? I believe they they disrupted, uh, and they're now they're they're targeting Formula One, and of course there is an uh, just an, an unlimited amount of funds here, and this is going to not just potentially shape the future of how our sport will look like in golf, but other sports. So all eyes at them on Europe starting this week, and these are not court cases. These are three appointed individuals, uh, two judges. Uh, I, I, I'll pull the details, but three people appointed to a sports council for a hearing where they will hear both sides over the next seven days, and then they will uh, go behind closed doors and they will come back with a ruling. Now, both sides have agreed to abide by this here. So whatever whatever comes out of this hearing, Adam, they, both sides, whether it be Keith Pelley in the DP World Tour or Greg Norman in the Live Golf Series, has said whatever this whatever this committee decides, we'll abide by it. Now, we should mention there is an appeal process, and the appeal process would be to go to the courts. So I ask you this. Before we get into the Pebble Beach leaderboard, I ask you this. Do you believe that in two weeks, if we get an outcome, that both that regardless of that decision, that we're not going to get an appeal out of this? I mean, there's a million percent chance. I mean, if, if you go to, you know, overdrive Jerry's percentages, I would say there's a 100 <laughs> percent chance that this is going that way the way it's nothing's been smooth throughout this entire process so i don't expect that to continue now uh, now that we're at this phase all eyes on this now again the one thing this doesn't affect directly might affect it indirectly but directly does not affect the pga tour live court case which is going to be a long and exhausting process and uh we're we're at least at least 10 months or more from really knowing where that uh, lands. But uh, but this could happen in the next uh, 30 days. So let's keep our eye on this one. Okay. Pebble Beach, Justin Rose, 15 under par. He's three under par through nine holes. A huge eagle at the par five, six to get the league back, lead back that he lost to Denny McCarthy. Denny McCarthy, two off the pace, but McCarthy only three holes left to play. McCarthy goes out in 29. Brendan Todd, just a few holes behind McCarthy, at uh, 13 under as well, alongside Peter Malnati. Now, Peter Malnati, really the guy who can touch this the closest, he's through nine as well. He's got nine holes in front of him. McCarthy and Todd, they need to post a number at him. Really, this tournament still the control of Justin Rose. He is the man right now that really can dictate what happens in this golf tournament. And Adam, the fan duel odds suggest it. As we speak, Justin Rose minus 160 to win this golf tournament next in line brandon todd at plus 420 peter malnati at plus 900 denny mccarthy plus 1200 do you agree with FanDuel? do you agree with these odds he's got a two-shot lead he's got nine holes ahead of him but justin rose hasn't won 
since 2019. He hasn't won in quite some time. I do agree with the odds, but because he is playing uh, some very good golf this week. And this is a guy who last season only had two top tens on the PGA Tour at the Farmers Insurance Open and at the RBC Canadian Open when he had a scintillating Sunday uh, to post that uh, T4 finish. I am curious with Justin Rose here. You know, he uh, when he ended off on Sunday, he decided to not play his approach shot on the 10th hole. He hit the fairway. He's got about 140 yards left on that hole. So he has eight and a half holes to go. And, you know, Mark, as we've discussed in the past, here's a guy who was the top-ranked player in the world. He lost in a playoff at the 2017 Masters to Sergio Garcia. You know, goes on top-ranked player in the world, and then goes and switches equipment, and then goes and switches apparel. And, you know, since then, he's been nowhere near the same player. I mean, I know, say what you want to say about the official World Golf ranking right now. He's still 71st, right? You know, he has dropped so far down. And I guess, Mark, we've seen this time and time again when guys go and switch gear for the first time or do an entire landslide change of your whole bag. Things just don't generally go to plan right away, correct? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. And some never return, Adam. Yeah. Like, I love Zach Johnson. And certainly, uh, Father Time is catching up with players like Zach Johnson. And the way we play the game today uh, is, you know, it's a bomber's paradise. But was it 2015, St. Andrews? Zach yeah. Johnson wins a Claret Jug, his second major. If I had told you that was going to be the last time Zach Johnson won on the PGA Tour, you would have looked at me sideways. Well, what did he do after that Clara Jug win? Completely changed manufacturers, overhaul, took the money, never to be seen again. Now, there are other, are other factors involved. But we have a million of these stories. Okay, The most famous one, obviously, was Phil Mickelson a couple of nights before the Ryder Cup. And it was an absolute disaster. And again, if you believe the rumor mill, he took the money for Callaway for the same reason he had to take the money this time. And maybe there was maybe rumors, not fact, there was money owed to some people you don't want to owe money to. Okay. Justin Rose is a very different one. Justin Rose left TaylorMade and went to Homa and he ended up winning. His last victory was, was with under the Homa banner, but it was almost within it was within weeks of switching uh and then things started to go off the rails now mark king the former head of TaylorMade, was the was the head of homa at the time so justin rose and 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 mark king had uh, a very deep relationship that went back a long time so justin rose showing some allegiance to to a professional relationship and that's justin rose the person justin rose is that kind of guy the proof in the pudding with justin rose being that not not that type of guy is He's not playing with Liv, is he? And he was one of the poster boys when this rumors started going that if 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 you were going to get a name on Liv, he, this is your guy. Guy in his 40s, European, former major champion, former number in the world. The money was there for Justin Rose. Justin Rose, not that kind of guy. Okay, he's he's in it for majors. He's in it for legacy. I I I, I from what I understand, he's been extremely smart with his money and finances away from the golf course now. This week, Adam, did you hear the, he's been working a lot on his golf swing, some changes, but interesting bag this week. I'm pretty sure I saw a Stealth 2 in his bag. I'm trying to confirm it. I can't, I can't quite see what's in the driver, but he changed his woods in his driver. He's gone back to irons that he played in his early 20s. 
forged blades that he played in his early 20s, a similar model from the same manufacturer, from about seven iron down, above seven iron, he's got cavity backs, he's got a mixed bag of this or that. He said to, I believe it was to Amanda or Todd Lewis this week, I'm making the game harder than it needs to be, and I'm switching up my bag. I'm, and he also went from an extra stiff to a stiff shaft. He's gone to a weaker shaft in most of his golf clubs. So lots going on here when it comes to equipment and Justin Rose. Lots going on with him. And, I mean, we've known for throughout his career, he's always been a pretty good ball striker. That's been the strength of his game. And uh, with the putter, he's been excellent this week. And, you know, he's, he said he's made four straight cuts as well. So he's played some go good golf coming in. Uh, he changed to a conventional grip mm -hmm. putting. The past couple of years, he was doing this, I believe it's an axis putter, and it's a bit of a different grip where he's, it's like a saw almost sort of thing. And But for, for Justin Rose, you wonder too, motivation-wise, given it's a Ryder Cup here, and given what that team is going to look like. I know right now it's incredibly top-heavy given top heavy for and sure. Rom and, you know, Victor Hovland, who hasn't had the greatest uh, final round thus far, but he'll be on that. Matthew team. Fitzpatrick missed the cut here. Exactly. Shane Lowry, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, he's look, probably looking at this saying, hey, a bunch of my mates who went over to live very likely won't be playing on this team. So here's my chance to, you know, get on this spot again. So for Justin Rose, good for him. And like you mentioned earlier, minus 160, overwhelming favorite. I, I think Justin Rose gets it done today. Like I said before, unless there's a somehow the forecast is brutally incorrect or the greens get very hard. I, I think Justin Rose takes this uh, in about uh, three hours' time. Yeah, and he is going to tee off in about 17 minutes yeah. from now. So in hour two of Golf Talk Canada, we will keep you up to date on the Pebble Beach AT&T uh, Pro-Am. Uh, can Justin Rose get it done? Two-shot lead. He'll get going in about 17 minutes' time. On the other side, I want to pick up the conversation with the John Rom comments that we weren't able to get to. Uh, John Rahm this week asked about the distance debate in the world of golf. We'll recap his comments and maybe send this out as our Twitter poll question for Wednesday's Golf Talk Canada. See if our golf community here at Golf Talk Canada feels uh, if the golf ball should be rolled back in the game of golf. Should there be a separate golf ball for the world's best players to salvage some of the world's great golf courses? Or do you side with John Rahm? We'll get into it all on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Uh, John Rob had some interesting comments, a different take um, on the distance debate. Actually, it's a take that I, I, I've never really heard before, uh, Adam. I, I've heard, I've heard uh, people echo uh, Jack Nicklaus's opinion which uh, the golf ball goes too far and some golf courses are becoming obsolete and you need to roll back the golf ball and you need to roll back equipment and there needs to be bifurcation between the professional game and the amateur game. 
so that people continue to participate in the world of golf and are able to take advantage of all the new technologies like our friends Stealth 2 TaylorMade and TP5 golf balls and blah, blah. And that's great for the amateur, but for the world's best, we need to peel them back. So I've heard some people agree with that narrative. I've heard people agree with more my narrative, which is I don't see a problem in the world of golf. I think people are fixated on the score of, of par. Uh, and by the way, if you want a golf course to play hard and you want one or two under to, to win, to me, it's all set up. I mean, we've seen what happens when you take a course like Marion. I always use it as an example because it's the perfect example, but it happens we year in and year out on a PGA Tour. Like when we get to Honda this year, let's see what the winning score is at PGA National. Um, let's see what the winning score is when we get the Copperhead on the Florida swing this year. I mean, when you bring in the fairways and you grow rough and you make the professional modern golfer play the golf course from the green out. In other words, I need to create an angle. I need to put it in the fairway. Hold on. I need to put it in the proper side of the fairway, not just the fairway. And you, and you pinpoint the game and you make it more precise at every location. All of a sudden, eight, nine hundred power wins a golf tournament. And we'll see if it happens again this year in the Florida Swing. And it's happened the last several years in the Florida Swing yeah. at those previously mentioned golf courses. So I'm more about a set. I believe you can still protect the best players in the world. Uh, you pr still protect the championship through setup. I think the proof is in the pudding. John Rahm said this, and I've never heard this before, that the longer you keep making golf courses and the bigger you make ballparks and the more often you make them play 520 yard par fours the more you're putting it in their hands the more you're you're making the head the world's best chase distance in other words you keep making golf courses longer they're going to keep chasing di distance they're going to keep getting uh more in the gym they're going to keep paying more attention to technology. They're going to keep paying more attention to how can I get eight more yards, 10 more yards, four miles, more miles an hour ball speed, yada, yada, yada. In other words, if you stop shining a light on it, maybe it goes away a little bit or it doesn't become such a big deal. The fact that they're shining a light on it all the time, it's just playing into the hands of the world's best are going to keep getting longer. A lot of people on social media, a lot of uh, people on Twitter said he was way offside that, you know, th that just because they don't shine a light on it, it's just, you know, again, older courses are going to become obsolete. Where are you on this, Adam? Do you believe in bifurcation? Do you believe John Rahm has anything here, any credence to this argument? Or I don't know. I, I find that argument a little strange. You know where I stand. Yeah, it's it's interesting because if you continue to lengthen courses players on the pro professional level are going to do their best to keep speed training because they'll, they'll want to have shorter clubs into holes and hit it longer etc etc i don't think it makes sense to have two different golf balls one for the professional one for the amateur because if you're you, your average weekend warrior watching the pga tour on tv on the weekend you're going to want to go out and use the same ball that rory mcelroy uses that colin morikawa uses etc etc so i i don't believe in that it's a, it's an interesting point from rom and and he was talking about how he's he doesn't speed train anymore but he just tries to keep his body uh more fit in the gym to strengthen in that sense and we've both know we've both known we've tried different speed training tactics where 
some work, but you hit it longer, but it, are you going to keep it on the planet? Probably not. Are you going to try to rip at a pitching wedge from 175 yards? Maybe, like we saw Bryson do all of those years. Uh, to your earlier point about course setup, I think actually a, a prime uh, example of this last year was at the RBC Canadian Open, and it was more the weather that dictated that. I remember standing on the 16th hole, the rink hole, on Friday afternoon when it was it was blowing, it was breezy. It was very breezy. It was challenging. It wasn't all that warm. Seven under par led after round one, seven under par led after round two. It was that difficult. Now, obviously, the rain came in, made the golf course significantly easier for the weekend. It was softer. They were playing in a dome on Sunday. So the weather does dictate course setup as well. But we remember walking around that week, how thick the rough was throughout that week. So I, I think if you continue to manage the course setup, that's where, like you are mentioning, some of the events, Copper Creek, Valspar, Honda, I can't wait for the, for the floor to swing because it's different. You know, we're not going to see 30 under par win. We're going to see nine under win, seven under win, you know, five under win, that sort of thing. So it's an interesting point from John Rahm. It's something different. That's why he's a great interview because he he is like Rory in that he'll he'll think about what you're what's being asked and not give some cliche answer. He'll really give some sort of different opinion uh, on whatever he's doing. I, I, and we appreciate that. We as the golf yeah. community, fans, media, etc., appreciate actually. Hey, he at least he had some thought and gave an opinion, and a, and it was obviously an like somewhat of an original opinion. And at the end of the day, I think we all appreciate that. I'm curious to see where this is go goes. To put a button on it, maybe Adam, we put out our Twitter poll question this week. Do do we does our Twitter audience, does the Golf Talk Canada audience believe in bifurcation or rolling the golf back? Different rules for the pros versus the amateurs. Let's see where people land on this. I'm curious. And I think the biggest uh, change we're going to see all year might be in a, at the year's first major with the T on 13 because longer doesn't necessarily mean better. And it's going to be interesting to see if 13, if we exclusively use the back T, the new back T deck at the 13th at Augusta, are we going to see the drama on 13? Are we going to see the threes, the fours, and the others that we've seen in recent years? Or is this now a layup golf hole? Have we made it too long? I don't know. A lot will depend on weather, to your point, wind condition, etc. And have they left the tee deck in play? Have they left enough space forward where the tournament committee at Augusta, which is better than any other tournament committee on the planet in terms of dialing in their golf course, can they say, okay, guys, Thursday and Friday, we're going one step off the back, but come Saturday and moving day, we're going back to the old 13 that everybody knows and loves. We'll yeah. see. I don't know. Mm -hmm. All eyes on Augusta in about two months' time. Okay, on the other side, we're going to talk a little Saudi International. Uh, where did that come from? It was on the Asian Tour. A lot of live players, a couple of PGA Tour players, some interesting uh, tournaments Interesting tournament scores for some big names. We'll also get a little bit into that Netflix special that I had a chance to preview as well because there is a live kind of golf connection to that as well in the first two episodes that I was able to screen earlier this week. Full swing Netflix. We'll do it all in hour two and we'll keep you up to date. What's happening on Pebble Beach? It's getting started in about three minutes time. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach the golf capital of the world. 
Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zacchino Scully with you. Hour two. They are just teeing off at Pebble Beach to finish off a Monday finish. Uh, we will keep your, our eyes on that. So as soon as anything happens or changes, we'll make sure you know who's who's winning and who's leading the way and who's making a move on Justin Rose, if anybody, at Pebble Beach. Uh, there was a huge event on the Asian tour this week. It's so weird that we're, you know, eyes on the Asian tour because normally not exactly a tour that we would be giving leaderboard updates to or focusing on the leaderboard, but because of the uh, Saudi public investment fund and their involvement now with the live golf series and the live golf series inability to currently play for world golf ranking points, which is another story we're going to be watching throughout the year as well. They, there was an investment made in the Asian tour uh, from the uh, from the Saudis, uh, and with that investment came the Saudi International Tournament uh, being highlighted on the Asian tour. Uh, gives an opportunity for live golf players to uh, play for world ranking points. Adam, there was a few PGA Tour players in the in the field. Most uh, most notably, Cameron Young who ends up finishing second to Abraham Answer. Abraham Answer with the victory at 19 under. It's a two-shot win over Cameron Young. Uh, Lucas Herbert finishes solo third, four off the pace at 15 under. Now, the PGA Tour players were granted a release from the PGA Tour, as well as DP World Tour players, uh, granted a release to play in this event, with the exception of Mr. Mito Pereira, who we believe is now headed to live golf, and we'll see no formal announcement there yet. Um, more shocking to you, uh, a live golf player comes on top in this or more shocking to you, Adam, the big names that miss this cut in this, uh, event, including Phil Mickelson, Hudson Swafford, uh, Bryson DeChambeau, there's uh, Cameron Smith, sorry, not That's Bryson DeChambeau, one. Bubba Watson, Cameron Smith, a miscut at two over par to me, uh, Big surprise. I expect once in a while a live golf player to come out on top. I think, you know, percentage-wise, odds are it's not always going to shake out like it did last week where Patrick Reed knocks uh, loses to, to Rory McIlroy. Cameron Smith missing the cut, to me, is the biggest surprise. Yeah, that's definitely the biggest surprise, Cameron Smith, because he still played some great golf when he did leave the PGA Tour and go to live. He played... Uh, a lot of good golf down in, in, the, in the few tour tournaments that he did play. So that certainly wasn't surprising, or that was surprising, I should say, Cameron Smith. Um, you know, a lot of talk about Cameron Young 
going over and playing. He recently did sign a deal with RBC, but when he was playing this past week, that shield was off his apparel, similar to Dustin Johnson last year, or the couple of years when he won this very tournament, when he was still an RBC ambassador, when he was still on the PGA Tour, that shield not in play. Uh, Dustin Johnson also a withdrawal this past week. Um, Bubba Watson, like you mentioned too, uh, hadn't played any golf when he signed with Liv. He didn't actually play because he was going. He was injured. Remember, made his debut as a commentator. Yes, and you know he was spending his time, you know, watching. uh, You know, his son is a big Aces fan. As we got into in depth detail last week with those uh, rather uh, interesting quote-unquote, remarks he made last week about being a a big fan of that. But, I mean, for for Cameron Young, there was some speculation as well, whether because he is going, playing in this, does it mean he's going to live? No, he's actually in the field this week at the WM Phoenix Open, one of the first designated events, or the first designated events uh, of the, uh, in February here on the PGA Tour. But, you know, and possibly Mark, like the biggest said, field of the year so far, Adam. And we're going to preview it, obviously, on Wednesday, and we'll get into some of the betting odds and, and who to watch for. But, I mean, I think so far, including our winners only, Kapalua, which isn't, isn't exactly a winners only anymore, I got to think this waste management, this WM Phoenix Open is going to be, hands down, the best field of the year so far anywhere on the planet. Yes, and you know, like I was saying in the last segment, too, you know, you, you look at the official world golf ranking, and and some don't believe it doesn't have the same relevance as it once did. But twenty three of the top twenty four ranked players in the official world golf ranking are in the field in Phoenix, so that's that's very exciting for, especially you know, given what we just saw or what we're currently seeing as they're still playing, obviously, at Pebble Beach, where it was only three of the top 25 ranked players in the world playing. It's great to see um, this field coming up here. It's also going to be a very busy stretch because the following week as well is the Genesis Invitational at Riviera, where we might see the tournament host make his 2023 debut. Who knows? That, of course, is Tiger Woods, and who knows where he is at with his plantar fasciitis. We know Tiger will be there in a speaking and a hosting matter but if tiger is playing in the first in the second designated event back to back with the phoenix open that would be huge for the pga tour as well yeah it's going to be massive weeks back to back both designated fields both huge huge fields super deep with loaded with stars and who's who and then of course they'll go to honda and that's a weak spot we all know that certain events were going to be losers uh, when it came to the rejigging of the schedule, designated events, Honda currently, when you look at the field at Honda, it's certainly looking that way that after waste management and after Genesis, Honda's going to be a week off. But a week off for some of the best players in the world means opportunity for those looking for their first win, looking to get back in the winner's circle, those looking for huge FedEx Cup points that maybe haven't had the start to their season that they're looking for, etc., so it doesn't mean that there's nothing to play for in Honda. There's still huge amounts to play for in Honda. I did mention Bryson DeChambeau missing the cut here. I was correct. He did miss the cut uh, yep. along with those big names. We'll have more on Phil Mickelson missing the cut coming up in Winner's Weird and What later on in the show. Adam, I got a sneak peek at the Netflix uh, Full mm-hmm. Swings uh, series. I got to watch episodes one or two. That's what they sent out to us. 
the embargo was lifted today on speaking about it. And I'm not going to give away any spoilers or anything like that. In fact, kind of hard to give away spoilers. We only saw two episodes. But I don't want to get too deep in, in the weeds because I want people to watch it and, and make... Um, they make decisions on their own, what they like, what they don't like, where they think it's going, etc. I'm getting the feeling, and this was my live golf tie-in before we went to break. So far, it feels like the entire series, and I know you've got an interview coming up next week on Golf Talk Canada with the producer, mm-hmm. but I got the feeling that they set out to shoot a certain series. And they were going to do it a certain way without knowing this live golf bomb was going to drop. And all of a sudden, this live golf bomb drops. And I get the feeling that mid, midstream, they decided, whoa, what have, what have we got here? And this thing is going to go in a completely different direction. And you can see it in the first two episodes. They start setting up the characters of, of what this series is going to be. And they very much paint the picture of good guys and bad guys or guys who are got an edge for lack of a better term. And they introduce Brooks Kepka in the second episode and just the way they introduce Kepka in the environment, they introduce him. They show him uh, with, with, with his, with his wife, with Jenna, they show where, the, where he lives in Miami and yeah. And just the whole presentation of Kepka. First of all, it's a very different look at Kepka. It reinforces a bunch of assumptions we already have about him and breaks down a couple of others. I think you're going to find it very interesting. I know that you've been looking forward to this more than uh, than maybe Bob and I combined. I know that you, this has really been on your radar. So I'll, I'll ask you, uh, without giving away your interview next week, what did you get from your interview that you... Was there a misconception you had, or is there something you learned in your interview that you weren't anticipating? What did you pull from this interview that you think people are going to be interested in the most next week when we're able to run this? Yeah, totally. And it's one of those where I, so I had, I spoke to Chad Mum, who's the executive producer. And what I could tell right away is that he's just a, a diehard golf fan. We talked about how this all came to be and how it was years in the making of getting everyone to agree to do this because obviously this is totally different that they've never done this before where the PGA tour has let Netflix, you know, take full reign. And, you know, the PGA tour had no say in terms of editorial content, in terms of bleeping something out, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I, I asked Chad who the most, who is the one player who will be the most surprised by, and that player may have been the player you just mentioned in Brooks Kepka and showing him in a very different light. We should also mention that Netflix did just drop a much longer trailer. It's on social media right now. It's about two minutes long. And we see some of the same sites we saw, you know, Ian Poulter breaking a club in the locker room. But, uh, you know, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth on a private jet. But one of the, the most interesting things from that trailer, and you mentioned the live aspect of that, too, you could hear a producer ask Ian Poulter, and I'm quoting, saying straight up, are you going to live? And Poulter gives this sly remark where he's looking at the camera smiling. So I can't wait for this to, to get going. And more so, can't wait for this to be released to see if it has the same impact that the drive to survive had with F1. Because 
you know what if self you know looking at my own family like we they watch f1 now and they would have never watched f1 before before the series came out so let's see if it does bring the average sports fan into the mix to watch these guys on tour see some of the great personalities on the pga tour but again you mentioned that interview with chad mum the executive producer of netflix will be airing that next monday on gtc it'll also go on our youtube channel as well yeah it's, it's going to be interesting i don't know i again i've only seen two episodes that was the screener that they they allowed us to see full, uh, full swing released february 15th on, on netflix my initial take, Adam, is I'm not so sure this is going to do for golf what, what it did for F1. Um, I think it's building to something. I think, it, I think the later episodes of this series are going to be much better when, when, the, when, the, when the live golf lid has been popped off. You can see it kind of boiling underneath in the first two episodes. That's where, that's where I kind of feel it's heading. And I'm, it's interesting. I can't wait to hear this interview now if it is Kepka because for me – in, in the first two episodes, that to me, that's been the star of this show so far because of just the dichotomy. A, he's a walking dichotomy between things he said in the past and what he's really like. And then in the same aspect, in the, in the, sorry, in the same vein, he also reinforces a bunch of assumptions we have about it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's really interesting, and I can't wait to get your take. I can't wait for you to see it. And uh, there's also a Golf Talk Canada Where's Waldo component to this. Because mm. after episode one, I, we should have a Golf Talk Canada contest. Of if, you can, if you can tweet us the moment, the time code on when Mark Zucchino appears in full swing. And it's just my voice. So it's not a physical appearance. It's just a vocal appearance. We should give something away. Oh. That's it. We're gonna, we should do this. We should... In the next seven days, we need a Where's Waldo Golf Talk Canada contest for the launch of Full Swing. I think we added to our new apparel line of Bunker Bob t-shirts made. We have, we have Where's Waldo, where, where it's you holding a microphone. You have me with a tank top on doing bench press or something. I, I think we add this to our apparel line this year. I tell you, it was actually Mrs. Golf Talk Canada that, that went, hey, that's you. And I went, no, it's not. I didn't even know. So there you go. There you go. On the other side, our friends at TaylorMade. The new Spider GTX line dropped. Bill Price, the man behind the putter line at TaylorMade. Bob had a chance to chat with him when we were at the Kingdom in Carlsbad last week. On the other side, we'll run that for you. And we'll take a quick look at this Pebble Beach leaderboard. Has anything changed on the Monterey Peninsula? We'll do it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. Learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community. Visit CobbleBeach.com today. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Before we get to our Bill Price Spider GTX interview, let's take a look at Pebble. We've got Brandon Todd on the move, a birdie at 13. He had the layup at the par 5 13th. He's in the left rough, but now one off the pace. He's at 14 under par. Justin Rose open with a nice little par there at 10. 
and has hit it up the left side of the gettable short par 4 11th. He's actually got a really good angle. So right now, Justin Rose, 15 under. Brendan Todd, 14 under. Todd playing the par 5, 14th, hitting his third. Rose with an approach at the par 4 11th, looking to add a birdie there. We'll keep our eyes on this. All right, Adam and I and Bob, or Bobby, as Brooke would say, <laughs> we just got back from Carlsbad. We were at the Kingdom. Uh, we're getting ready. We're shooting our first TV show of the year. Now, Golf Talk Canada Television returns February the 22nd for our biggest season ever. It's our biggest season on radio, our biggest season on TV. More hours, more content than ever before, including our largest week ever, the RBC Canadian Open, which we'll get to as we leave closer to the spring. But it all starts with a tailor-made product special. And the new Spider GTX was just dropped from our friends at TaylorMade. The man behind it, Bill Price. He spoke with Bobby Weeks. Bill, a great putter story for TaylorMade for 2023. And we're going to start with uh, the GTX model, which uh, is already getting some popularity. A lot of uh, people looking at it. Tell us about this putter from a general standpoint. What's the big, what are the selling features for this putter? Yeah, great. Uh, so every year we always have these new spiders and the platform of spider has always been about stability. So this year's spider is called GTX. And what we did is we kind of blended two of our most successful putters. That was Spider X and Spider Tour. So the first thing that's noticeable is you're going to see True Path on top. So a lot of the players really enjoy the, the true path that we have on top right now. It makes it easier to light up. Guys like Rory McIlroy, so they prefer to have the, the true path. And most of our tour players uh, really enjoy seeing their line with the true path. So that's the first thing that you see. That was really brought in from Spider X. The other part is Spider Tour. Spider Tour had a very deep CG in the stability story. So with uh, the new GTX, you have a weight bar that's back here today, which gives it that look of a spider. And we pull the CG deep in the deep in the cavity here, so it's about 37 millimeters. So it's like just like Spider Tour was. So you've got this 154 gram weight bar back here. So great story for us, great stability story, and a continuation of what Spider's been on tour. Uh, lots of options with this one as well. You can move it in colors and things like that. Yeah, so one of the things that keeps coming up all the time, everybody loves our My Programs that we have with the Spider and the TP program. So we decided to bring the My Program to retail. So we're going to have six different finish options. So great opportunity for us. We're bringing back some, some heritage play, like with a white version that we have. We also still continue to have the red, uh, black, and, and then, we, of course, we have our nice uh, kind of dune silver here. Okay, uh, why don't we move on to the next model, which is, uh, of course, the GT Max, and this one is getting a lot of attention, as it should. Well, <laughs> it's got I don't some know if remarkable have, features. I don't know if we have enough time to talk about this one here, but this one is special because we've been working on this for five years, so it's not the normal putter. So a lot of times we go out, and the first thing that I always get, and I'm sure everybody that's listening to this, is which putter should I play with? You walk into a store and you see all the rack of putters, and you know it's a hundred different putters. Which one? benefits me. My simple answer to that is which one delivers it back to square? Now, uh, I know that's kind of technical there, but 93% of making that putt is getting that putter face back to square. So what I'm saying is path really does not matter. So in other words, I can have six degrees out and six degrees in, but if you're zero at impact, that putt's going in. So it's all about getting that face to rotate around the shaft and bringing it back to square. So with uh, Spider Max this year, we have, for the first time, you can see movable weights. So you've got 40 grams on each side. So that makes 80 grams total that are sliding up and down the track. 
So we're going to be able to change the CG location upwards of about 12 millimeters. So up to close to 29 millimeters up front and then all the way back it's 41 millimeters. So huge story for us. How do I know which position I should have those weights in? I know everyone's going to ask that. Yep, that's simple. So you can just go out to the putting green here and first thing that we like to ask is what's your tendency? And then I'm going to dive a little deeper. What's your tendency under pressure? So when you go under pressure, you usually have a tendency to miss right or left. Most of us do. So we want to find out what that tendency is. And now by dialing in front or back, we can dial in that tendency and fix that tendency. So I'm not asking you to change your stroke. I'm asking, we're going to have the putter fit you. The, you said it took was five years in the making of putting it all together, and I know you did a lot of testing beforehand to make sure that this was actually going to grow, and those, and those tests really did prove the theory of what you were trying to get to with this, the adjustability, correct? Yeah, so a lot happens right here at the Kingdom. So what, what we see with the players when they come through is we're, we're grabbing different putters, and a lot of times we like to grab a putter that we like to look at, but necessarily that doesn't return back to square that we see. So it depended upon who you are, now we can fit. So in other words, if you have a tendency to miss to the right, so if my tendency is to the right, and so we want to increase that rotation around the, the, the shaft. So we want that head to increase, we want more closure is what I'm trying to say on the face. So we're going to slide, just start to slide the weights up towards the front. That's going to provide anywhere up, up to about two and a half degrees more closure. So and a 14-foot putt, the reason we're saying this on degrees is because it's about 0.72, a miss, less than a degree. So we're going to be able to work with two and a half degrees of opening that face or closing that face, meaning being able to rotate around the shaft. What kind of person would benefit from this, is it, or is everybody going to benefit? It's everybody. We all have flaws in our putting. So the one thing is it's the most used club in our bag. So the one thing that we want to do is be able to get that face closure in the proper spot where, where whatever our tendency is. So like I was saying, if we miss right, we go forward. If we miss to the left, I've got too much rotation around the shaft. So I'm going to slow that down and move the weights to the back. So we always talked about tohe. So this is a whole new technology of talking not just toe hang but also having a CG location because we see it all the time with the players and so we really started with the players on tour because each putter were trying to fit their tendencies. Uh, you said it took five years to pull this together. Yeah. How proud of you of your team at TaylorMade and what was the journey like to get to a finished product? Well, it, it, uh, it was great. I mean, to have really uh, the support of the, all the great engineers and all the research that we did with all the different players, but it really started on tour, and then we took all the input back from the tour players and seeing all the different data that's up there. What's number one is the number one stroke we see in our kingdom is three degrees outside in with one degree open. That's the number one stroke that we see. The number two stroke is the complete opposite. We see two degrees in to out and one degree closed. So both of those are missing putts. So we need to dial, imagine we can take a putter and dial that person in or every person that's out there today with one putter. It's like having three different spiders in one. The spider family has, as you said, you the, the, the other model you have there was sort of taking some of the best parts of previous models. What's the legacy of the spider lion, the spider history? It's such a great um, addition to, to people's golf bags. Yeah, great great question. So, you know, like I said here, with, with moving the weights in the middle here, the number two slot, that's like having a spider axe. 
Moving it all the way in the back, it's kind of like a spider tour, like an old daddy long legs that we used to have. And up front, it's like our GT series. So the, the model we just talked about, GTX, is kind of like a one and a half here. So like I said, not every putter is perfect for us. Which one can we rotate and get to deliver our tendencies and fix our tendencies? That's what we can do with Spider Max. And just to wrap up, uh, Brooke Henderson has a spider in the bag. Tell he us about, uh, about putting that and getting that right putter for her. What a great signing for us to be able to get Brooke Henderson. It's great. And so she has the GT putter and she has a center shaft. So her face rotation is up front. So that's the nice thing about uh, Brooke is she's got a mallet. She's a mallet user and there's a lot of advantages to using a mallet. We saw that uh, from uh, the first tournament coming on board with TaylorMade. Price, GTX, Spider, so many options, so much forgiveness, so much uh, versatility. What kind of putter are you? The first thing, figure that out. Learn your tendencies, get custom fit, and then match the option that's going to best help you perform, especially under pressure on those greens, trying to make those five, six, seven, eight footers, etc. And Brooke already with the win. Nice debut from T. Taylor made for Brooke Henderson. Right now at Pebble Beach, Brendan Todd has a putt just inside 11 feet to tie for the lead. Can he get it to drop? That's happening at the par 5 14th at Pebble Beach. We'll let you know on the other side if he makes or if he misses. And we'll come back with three up. Winners weird and what? This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. Book your tour at cadillac.ca slash live. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. We left Brendan Todd with a putt to tie for the lead from 11 feet to get the 15 under. He's gonna make that putt to move the 15 under par at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, but it didn't last long. So moments, when that ball was just going in, a couple holes back at him, at the par 4 11th, Justin Rose, a 27 footer for birdie to get the one shot lead back at him. It's becoming a two horse race now with Rose at 16, Todd at 15. I think they're uh, kind of moving away from the rest of the pack here. It really is, and while you're listening to us right now on TSN 1050, you can actually watch the final round coverage on TSN 1 right now. And, and Denny McCarthy, who got off to that blistering start, hit his tee shot on 18 with a 3-wood, hit a good tee shot, but got a bad break as his ball bounced off the tree in the middle of the fairway and bounced directly to the side. So we would have had another 10, 15, 20 more yards going into 18 and 2. But uh, yeah, like you mentioned, Justin Rose, a long bomb for birdie. And now he's just in front of the 12th green, the par three. He's putting from just off the green, probably about a 35, 40 foot putt coming up very shortly. He has made 67 feet of putts so far in this final round and has plenty of holes left to play. So the putter, which has always been the Achilles heel or certainly part of the conversation for Justin Rose working in his favor for the moment with a one-shot lead. All right, let's do it. Three-dub, winner's weird or what? Adam, the T is yours. 348. Oh. <laughs> oh, man, that is sweet. Okay, Mark, my winner this week goes to the DP World Tour. And we've seen some 
uh, CBS do some walk and talk interviews the past couple of weeks. Keith Mitchell yesterday during the third hole at Pebble Beach, Max Homa the week before in the 13th hole at Torrey Pines. But the European Tour or DP World Tour has done these walk and talk interviews where a reporter, Tim Barter, has been, or another reporter, has been sort of, they, they go out and they walk and they talk with a player holding a microphone, passing it back and forth. And this week, Hurley Long, probably the best name in professional sports right there, Hurley Long, <laughs> Uh, was being interviewed, and Tim Barter got word that Hurley Long is really good at impressions. So much so that Mr. Long himself had an impression of Tim Barter. Your father tells us that when you're watching our coverage, you impersonate the commentators. <laughs> and apparently I'm your best, so I'm expecting some fast-talking and good questions. So go on, tell me, tell me about how you do me. Well, Hurley, many congratulations on a wonderful performance out there today. What would you attribute your success to? That, my friend, is very good. Who else do you do? A uh, couple of guys, but you put me on the spot here. My heart rate's going up. I needed to be down when I'm playing. <laughs> so we'll go Johnny Morgan. Um, right, Boxy's coming down the right-hand side. Bit of the breeze into the wind. He's going to need a cracker to get on here. You have a future in television, young man. You don't want it, but you have a future in television. Great work. Thanks for joining Thank in the fun. Thank you very much. Thank you. You know, these walk and talk interviews are great, showing some personalities of some of these players. And Mark, I know you do a pretty good Gary Player impression, if I do recall. Oh, so does Bob, though, too. We, we, you know, very, very long of the tea, Adam. <laughs> Jack, you're a snob. Um, I like it. Did you see Keith Mitchell walk and talk yesterday? I did. I did. It was great. Good. And the caddy yeah. called him off. Did you see that? Too? Yes. That was, that was amazing. Yes. Pretty good. So, uh, yeah, really cool to see. And, and love seeing these guys' personalities uh, so much on, on the golf course. Okay, my weird this week, speaking of personalities. So, John Rahm, like you mentioned, like we spoke about in hour one, was on a podcast and spoke for about an hour and a half about all things in the world of golf. But one of the more weird things he spoke about was players who you're playing with who are rooting for you, who are passionate for you, who say nice shot, who say, you know, good birdie putt, et cetera, et cetera. And he revealed that of all the players on the PGA Tour that he's played with, Billy Horschel is the one guy who's passionate, who says, oh man, great shot. You know, like as if we're the weekend warrior going out and congratulating someone on a nice shot or maybe ribbing them here or there. But Billy Horschel is that guy, according to John Rahm. And that's not surprising, Mark, given the fire that this guy always seems to play with. Yeah, uh, Billy plays open book, eh? emotions on the sleeve. You don't have to guess how he's feeling about everything. And we see it out there. I mean, he's constantly chatting, constantly speaking. Some guys need to do that too, Adam, to stay in the zone. I mean, if you're a talker and you decide that you're, you know, you're going to, you know, try to take the talking away or take it down a notch, I mean, it can affect you. You, you got you to gotta be your own guy out there, especially inside the ropes. Horschel's that guy. But again, PGA Tour guys aligning. Oh, there, Horschel, Rom, two guys that decided to align with Tiger and Rory, uh, patting each other on the back there. That's right. That's right. Okay, my what this week. So Max Homa goes out and wins at Torrey Pines, wins $1.6 million. And you think, you know, how would a PGA Tour pro celebrate their sixth career PGA Tour victory? Well, the night of, apparently, Max went out, had a good time. But, you know, in the days after, maybe take a couple of days off, maybe hang out. What does Max do? Instead, he goes to a local Muni and wins the Skins game. And you might think, okay, he just won $1.6 million. They're playing for a couple grand. No, he just won just over $600 in terms of everything involved, some of the different money games. You know, good for Max Homa, one of the great personalities on the PGA Tour. But you know what was even better, Mark? 
So he had agreed to go on overdrive that Monday through a connection with, with Jeff O'Neill, the O-Dog, and Mike Commodore, who is a mutual friend there. They played together uh, in the NHL. And so apparently the round was taking so long that Max actually called in while he was on the 17th tee of this Muni. He was supposed to be off the golf course by this point. But anyway, goes on and wins. Good for you, Max. Can't wait to see you this week at the WM Phoenix Open. Okay, that's it for me. Mark, now the T is yours. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Adam, we've seen some weird finishes in the world of golf. I'll go back to the DP World Tour for my win as well. Daniel Gavin's trying to get his second win on the DP World Tour. He's coming down the stretch. He's got himself a nice fat lead. What's he do on 18? Pumps the tee shot into the water. Hits his third into the fairway. It's a par 5 18. Hits his fourth into the water. Five out, six onto the green, and he buries a 25-footer with what might be the best double bogey in a very long time in the world of golf. He wins the tournament by one shot with that clutch 25-footer for double bogey. He made 90 feet of putts in a span of six holes. So the ball striking was going sideways. The putter saved him. Did you see the finish, Adam? And... uh, It's almost embarrassing. Like, it was almost like, I'm sorry when he takes the victory in that manner. You know what? Talk about mental fortitude to pump two balls in the water. You could easily, you know, give up. You wouldn't give up, but you could easily, you know, make a much higher number and go on and lose that tournament. But, you know, good for him to to go on and make that long putt for double bogey. A double bogey he will never, ever forget. All right, uh, for my weird this week, Scully, and I'll have to ask our listening audience if they, if they haven't seen what I'm talking about, Google it, tweet, go on Twitter. It's all over the place. Probably many of our, uh, m- much of our audience has seen it, but there are iconic locations in the world of golf that people hold near and dear to their heart because they just, they love the game. You know, Amen Corner, uh, Seven at Pebble Beach. And in the home of golf, I think from St. Andrew's standpoint, there's a few of them at St. Andrew's, but the Swilkin Bridge is certainly an iconic place, especially since Arnold Palmer decided many, many years ago to take that pause on the bridge and wave goodbye in his final Open Championship. And now we've seen other players throughout the years do the same thing. Uh, Jack Nicklaus did it, for example. And now if you're playing your last Open Championship or you're playing your last Open Championship at uh, St. Andrews, it's it's become tradition to stop on the bridge and wave. Did you see, Adam, the visuals of the patio they have constructed in front of the Swilker Bridge? Now, if you haven't seen it, here's what happened. There was the walking area or the path that leads onto the bridge. Take some damage in footwork over the season. People gathering there, waiting to take their picture on the bridge. It's become a heavy traffic area. So in order to maintain the quality of the turf condition and to maintain the structural uh, stability of the bridge. They looked at many different alternatives and they came up with this circular patio, cul-de-sac, roundabout. What do you call this, Adam? A, did you see it? And B, what makes it even more weird is the outrage from the golf Twitter universe, people losing their minds over this. You know, golf Twitter can be a 
scary place. It can be a funny place. <laughs> it can be uh, an angry place. It can be horrifying. But this was just bizarre. People were losing their minds over this little patio sort of circular thing by the Swilkin Bridge. You obviously know with, with, for all the history that has just a strange sort of situation. But I mean, given some of the photos that were released of that grassy area, it was pretty worn down, I do have to say. Yes, and some of the some of the photoshopping done to it online is hilarious. Uh, I saw one where there's a barbecue, a patio set. <laughs> people say it is quite the laugh. I suggest you check it out. And my what this week, and we mentioned this earlier in the show, was some of the big names that missed the cut at the Saudi Invitational. And we spoke about... Some players may be able to stay sharp. Some may be not able to stay sharp in the Live Golf Series environment. Phil Mickelson, he's 52 years of age, so certainly there's a father time aspect to Phil. But considering what transpired, you know, two years ago in May, becoming the oldest major champion in, in men's golf history at Keough Island, and here we are, and in the last 12 months, Phil Mickelson has not made a cut on any tour in 12 months in the world of professional golf, on any tour he has played on the planet, we are a year removed from Phil Mickelson's last cut. Now, part of that is because he plays on a tour where there isn't a cut, but there has been opportunities and there has been events like this, and he has played two rounds and out. Phil Mickelson rededicating himself to the game, said he was embarrassed last year with his performance, has dropped weight, he's back on Twitter, he's shaved, he's no longer wearing black, trying to be Darth Vader. We'll see if Phil Mickelson can make a cut the next time he's out. Now, speaking of cuts and leaderboards on the other side, we'll get you caught up with all the leaderboards in the world of golf from the weekend. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac. Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the Tour 360 fit, while the Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. As we put a bow on today's show, we'll be back Wednesday with our Wednesday edition of GTC. 10 to 12, we'll take a heavy deep dive into the waste management, the WM Phoenix Open, the strongest field of the year, the Coliseum hole. The WM is going to be crazy in Scottsdale this week. We'll chat about it. We'll do it all on Wednesday. Let's take a look at some leaderboards. Leaderboard updates brought to you by Bushnell Golf. Bushnell Golf, the number one range finder in all of golf. Go to bushnellgolf.com. On the Corn Ferry Tour, the Panama Championship, your winner there is Pearson Cootie. Pearson Cootie, the grandson of Charles Cootie, of course, the 71 Masters champion, the brother of Parker Cootie from PGA Tour Canada, who's been on Golf Talk Canada before. Mm -hmm. So a victory for the Cootie family there. That's in a three-way playoff, including Sam Sanders, uh, Arnold Palmer's grandson in that playoff. Will Bateman, another top five. He finishes tied for fourth, one off the pace. So Will Bateman continuing his great playoff, the PGA Tour Canada circuit right onto the Corn Ferry Tour. The Saudi 
International on the Asian Tour. Abraham answer your winner by two shots over Cameron Young and by four shots over Lucas Herbert. Huge names missing the cut and a WD there as well from Dustin Johnson who tweaked his back in a tournament practice round. On the DP World Tour, da Daniel Gavins gets his second, second career victory with a 25-footer for double bogey on the last to win by one over Xander Lombard. Daniel Gavins, your winner on the DP World Tour. And taking a look at the PGA Tour as we speak, Justin Rose was able to get up and down from the front of the par 3 12th, 16 under par. Currently a one-shot victory, excuse me, a one-shot lead, I should say. Was that foreshadowing? Hmm. Over hmm. Brendan Todd at 15 under. Denny McCarthy in the house. The number is posted. 14 under par in the house. He matches Taylor Penrith Sunday, 64. So Penrith, so McCarthy and Penrith in the house. McCarthy at 14 under, knocking out Taylor Penrith in the house at 12 under. Justin Rose, Justin Rose currently playing the 13th hole with a one-shot lead over Brendan Todd, who's currently playing 16-3 to go. Anything else to update, Adam? I know you got your eyes on it there. Yeah, watching it just now on TSN1. Justin Rose rolls in the 20-footer for birdie on 13, just getting the side door there, moving to 17-under, two-shot lead right now over Brendan Todd. Now, also earlier in the show, we mentioned Taylor Pendrith laying up on 18 yesterday. Denny McCarthy also laid up from the same spot, similar to what, where Pendrith made his, uh, or when, when Pendrith made par, McCarthy made birdie on 18, laying up the same way. So it was possible, obviously, for Pendrith to make birdie. McCarthy did. McCarthy in, in the house, like you mentioned, at 14 under. Justin Rose with a two-shot lead with five holes to play on his day. So now Justin Rose, five under through 13 holes, has opened up the two-shot lead. Control this tournament in the hands of the veteran. Justin Rose, a major champion, uh, a player looking for his first victory since 2019, a retooled bag, some swing changes, the putter obviously operating, and more importantly, Adam here, not only is that a two-shot lead through 13 now, he's heading to a par five. He's heading to the par 5 14th. Now, not the easiest par 5 in the world. It's an uphill dog leg right. Not really gettable more often than not in two. But with a proper layup to the proper spot, the way these greens are so soft, as long as Justin Rose is able to control the spin on his sand wedge on his approach into the par 5 14th, there's a really good chance Justin Rose can open up a three-shot lead with four holes to go. It's on TSN1. Check it out if you have the opportunity uh, to get in front of the TV. TSN Plus, now you're home uh, for PGA Tour Live. And this week's going to be cool. Featured whole coverage, Coliseum this week, Adam. How good's that going to be able to watch? If you want to watch every single player thrum come through the 16th hole, the craziest, loudest hole in golf, you can do it on our featured hole coverage on PGA Tour Live. The next two weeks are going to be awesome. I think I'm working PGA Tour Live featured hole coverage for 10 at uh, Riviera, which I think no is a great short par four. Oh. Yeah, and I did it last year. I think I'm, I think they have me there again. I can't wait. It is the best short par four in all of golf, hands down. You can see two, three. You can also see eight. It is unbelievable. Uh -huh. And there's not a hazard penalty area anywhere on that hole. Unbelievable. Adam, have a great week. What's up for you? We've got about 30 seconds. What's up for you this week other than Wednesday? Yeah, about 30 seconds left. TSN Edge coming up Wednesday. And for me, prepping to go to Los Angeles for the Adidas Global Launch coming up uh, next week. 
So we'll have more on that come Wednesday. We'll have our TSN Edge picks. We'll preview the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Lots to get to with our Wednesday edition of GTC. And hopefully, sooner or later, some type of formal TaylorMade 20 Weeks of TaylorMade announcement. It's coming any day now. Stay tuned. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, the first good decision on the golf course, it always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the Tour 360 fit, while the Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.